Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Oh, no, wait, wait, hang on, Brian, don't ruin it, man. After three, I mean, on zero, whatever, we, we planned this. Three, two, one. Happy birthday! Happy birthday. 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 See, are we singing all that planning? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I don't know. She's only fourteen uh, today. Alan, see, the best year of your life. Yeah, well, a great I mean, number. hopefully, hopefully. Uh, Alan C. Alan Coin asked us to say, say happy birthday to Sarah. We all hope that you, you you've had an absolutely marvelous day, and uh, Alan is absolutely proud of you. He loves you with all of his heart. As uh, you know, I'm sure he's a wonderful father. So there you go. We start off on a beautiful note, and with our keenly researched and uh, well rehearsed happy birthday. Uh, motif. Now I'm going to give you a poem because um, it made me think of Liverpool. I do try and choose the poems to match the mood. And this one's called The Gross Clinic by Carol Frost. Um, and it goes, I have a sister who takes care of animals, whose artistry is flesh and blood mixed in with a dream or more that she tries to give her son. He cuts school and drinks with his friends in the scrub woods behind the school. He thinks he wants to be an architect. He thinks the poems he writes are portions of his unmixed spirit. His habits of mind aren't settled, ossifying so slowly for many of us. We can't know, and no one can tell him anything about cigarettes, bad drugs, or his fragile, mortal spiral. Feels like a fragile, mortal spiral that Liverpool are on at the moment, but... I am here to take the temperature of my guests to see if they're feeling feverish after Liverpool's very poor performances. The kind of, you know, the Brentford one, of course, um, struggling to get past, well, not even getting past drawing against Wolves at Anfield yesterday. And I'm delighted to have Jack and Nigel and Brian and Abdul all here to... I don't know, just to see how we're all feeling. Jack, welcome, welcome back. Um, it felt like a loss yesterday against Wolves. I can't believe it. We're still in the cup, but I can't believe it. How are you feeling today, Jack? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Hopefully everyone's had a good Christmas and New Year. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of... I was just saying to Nigel before we come on air, my dad was watching it downstairs while I was doing my stream, and... He was extremely angry, and I've never heard my dad fume like that in a very long time. Obviously, in the seventies, he was uh, nothing to give away his age, but <laughs> like a lot of the, the generation, his generation grew up and watching world class midfields, and even under the time at Rafa, the Gerard, the Alonso's, Mascherano's, and Sissoko's. I've seen to Nigel before it, that that midfield was getting absolutely walked through yesterday, and they are nineteenth in the Premier League. And I think he conceded like 11 goals or something all year uh, in the Premier League or something, statistically like that. It was quite frankly, and that was our best midfield, supposedly, on paper. And uh, yeah, and I want to be positive, but when the team's performing like this, you, you, you're really struggling to 
apart from we'll speak about Nunes, probably a, a shine of light in all honesty at the minute. But very frustrating, mate. But we'll speak about that tonight. <laughs> It was frustrating, Nigel. Yeah, great answer, Jack. Nigel's back. Nigel, run, wonderful to have you with us. Um, it was feckless. And, you know, there were there were times when, you know, like creatively, even going forward, um, you stop Liverpool's fullbacks and we've got nothing. We've got nothing. Thiago's doing well. He's sort of, but he's a deep-lying sort of playmaker, isn't he? But, like, there's nothing. There's no spark. There's no, I don't know. Are you equally annoyed as as most of us are, Nigel, or have you just accepted it's part of the course this season? No, I can never accept that. Um, we were playing yesterday, and Jack was saying about how bad the midfield was. I said to Jack just before we started, there was nobody, um, there's no nobody dropping into the Jabi Alonso role, as he mentioned, Jabi Alonso area. Just dropping in in front of the back four, taking the ball and turning. The two centre halves looked absolutely lost. Every time they were trying to carry the ball forward, they just looked like they had no idea what the hell was going on here. And we were getting we were getting pressed. They pressed us to death. They did really well. They pressed us and we just had absolutely no answer. Middle of the field was just wasn't there. Non-existent. But it's something like, you know, um, I've been going. Well, I don't know. I went back to the 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 episode we recorded after the Fulham game at the beginning of the season, where I found a, um, a cartoon uh, turd uh, that I used as the icon for that episode. And I just called it shite. And I listened back because I was quite interested as to, you know, if if we had any sort of you know how deep our reservations went at that stage of the season having just uh, beaten manchester city and even at that stage it was obvious to us that um you know our midfield was lacking but um abdul abdul's with us from watch underscore lfc um it doesn't look like we've learned anything this season even with the world cup break and going away to dubai and all that what do you make of it, Abdul? This fact that we—I mean—is it just that we just won't be able to improve until we get three new midfielders? It does certainly feel like Groundhog Day, doesn't it? Just see—it just feels like we're watching the same match over and over, talking about the same problems over and over. I was really optimistic about the Dubai trip. I thought it was going to be a start a chance to reset the season, start again fresh, and you know, a lot of the signals coming out of that. A lot of Klopp's messages was that, yeah, we, we have reset, you know, we've got a new fire for the season, we're ready, blah, 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 blah. But then, you know, just the same same old shite in the matches. Um, I think one of the things that I want to highlight is um, I think even though goal scoring isn't really an issue for us this season, I feel like it is kind of one of the reasons why we're not winning these matches. I mean, in the first half against Wolves, I felt like, and I've gone back and I've watched it again for a second time, I felt like we really displayed a lot before the first Wolves goal. We displayed a lot of good moments where we should have taken, you know, the next step and scored the first goal. But because we didn't, and then Wolves ultimately got the lead first, and then it just made it a nervy game. Fans were suddenly not that happy about everything. And I feel like it's been a constant problem um, throughout the season. We might be scoring a lot, but it's a lot of the second goal in the match or the third goal in the match. I feel like we just need to start taking leads and it's great to see Darwin score yesterday but yeah I, I, I just feel like we need to start scoring first and start scoring early in matches It's a great answer um, the thing for me though is that 
um, there's an element there's an element of chaos because we lack the control. Um, it's always ding dong. It's always you know, and and most of the time, the chances that we concede because our midfield is so watery is that you know they just go right through us and, and we can see big chances all the time but we do have you know the world's best goalkeeper or certainly one of them in Alison Becker and um he's often there to save the day I think we're overachieving Brian I think we've overachieved all season by being sixth and you know being on 28 points as opposed to for example without Alison Becker we could easily be on like 17 points level with Leicester City and Leeds and Nottingham Forest I'm down (laughs) 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 take it easy (laughs) we're no Leicester it's fine um look i uh I, you know i hear i hear what everybody's saying and and whatnot but i mean i i'm inclined to kind of agree with cop a little bit in the fact that i think it's obvious to most people that we're in a moment of transition on every level you know we've got a team that's in transition we've got a club that's in transition we've got ownership that's in transition and uh we lost Mane, who you know is you know a very 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 important player to us and we've only realized just how important he is now that he's gone <clears throat> and and we would be and when Klopp said you know everything that he says to me is golden I can't question any a single syllable out of his mouth and when he says oh you know we're um, when he says we he's talking about all of us he's talking about him he's talking about the, the boys he's talking about the team he's talking about the club we've been spoiled a little bit because you know we're just so used to winning football games and not only just winning football games, but winning them convincingly and being in control. We have like 70% possession, most games. And, you know, previously a bad game would, would us be winning a game, having 70% possession and not expressing ourselves properly. <laughs> That's That would be the bar for having a bad game. But now we're like in there with the rest of them and we're scrambling for results and it's going to be messy and stuff. And um, yeah, it's I mean, it's frustrating for sure. Um, but, you know, I was looking back at, uh, I, I listened to a previous podcast that we did before the break, and it's almost like nothing has changed. I mean, everything is as is, you know, in September and as we are now, other than the fact that Arsenal are stretching their legs and looking good for uh, a proper run of the title. But if you look at Arsenal last season, I mean, they were properly, they were pants for, for, for a good part of it. You know, they were just we like, you wouldn't take Arsenal serious, seriously for the longest time. And then something just clicked this season. They were in a, they're, they've been in a, they've been in a period of transition. They've been in a period of rebuilding and, and getting stuff together and putting things in the right place. And I think we have to come to terms with the fact that that's where we're, that's where we are right now. We're not that pressing, controlling machine that just dominates every team in world football. We're in a team that's kind of finding a new identity. And um, I'm kind of buoyed by the fact that, I mean, also Wolves are a decent team. Let's be honest. Let's let's get that. Let's get right with that. You know, if any team's going to give you a game, Wolves, if they turn up correct, they're a, they're a decent team. It's not what you want, but, um, you know, my expectation for the the season has not changed i mean we need to get to fourth we're not far off it we're Man, in the champions league op- 
You're optimistic, Brian. I think we're miles off top four. I think we're not going to get it at all. Who do we have in I... front of us? We have United who are on the best run in the last 10 years in our life. That, that can't go on forever. They have to fall off that horse oh, for no, sure. I think, I think, no, but hang on. And New, do you think Newcastle are going to last the whole, the whole season? I don't think so. Well, I don't know. You see, Newcastle have conceded 11 goals. Liverpool have conceded 22. Their defence is twice as good as ours. Um, you know, going you forward, they, Newcastle have scored. I know, I've got the table in front of me. Newcastle <laughs> have scored 32 goals and we've scored 34. So their attack is very similar. They're very, very hard to beat. Manchester United have only conceded only conceded they've got momentum they've they've conceded 20 goals we've conceded 22 they've only scored 27 but they've won their last four matches in in a way that looks actually like they've got momentum and they sort of deserve to win those matches as horrible as that is to 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 say mr boombastic is in the comments he says it feels like we are watching a movie on repeat which is very true and um he also says i i can't have the transition argument there needs to be contingency in place to continue winning taking a season off and saying it's transition is basically an excuse what do you think about that jack yeah, but, but you that, know but that happened oh, sorry on, that right? happens though Sorry for interrupting, but that actually, that actually, in an ideal world, yes, there's no transition and you just carry on and you have perfect planning and you just move from one winning team to another and it's beautiful. And we just carry on winning and carry on competing for everything. But it doesn't, the real world doesn't work like that. You know, when transition happens, things tend to go a little bit loose and you tend to kind of drop down a little bit in your performance and other teams tend to over, overshoot, in my opinion, anyway. Well, and so yeah, I don't, I'm not buying into this whole kind of it's the end is night story I, th I think we're not as bad as people are making out at the moment Nigel, you but want I have to been to the pub oh, so well no that's okay I mean that's all right it's, it's uh, you know the Guinness is making you optimistic this is absolutely fab fabulous uh Nigel what about you yeah um just Brian was saying there about us about United not being able to last and Newcastle not being able to last but for us to get anything out of this, we're going to have to go on a run. And it looks like we'll have a trouble breaking into a trot at the moment, let alone go on a run. I mean, it's absolutely true. We're like, you know, we need to run like stallions and we're rocking like a child's rocking horse in the same freaking place all season. Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree. And on the transition point, I'll bring you in in a moment, Jack, but... Um, for me, I, it is a season of transition, but we haven't actually taken the steps to transit. You know, we, we still need significant change, as in get better players in midfield. It's the obvious one. But also, I think we need a defender, at least one. I'm, oh, I've got all kinds of things in my head. I'm definitely moving Trent to midfield. I'm buying a world-class right back. I don't know, Jack. I've, I've, been, I've been up for, for weeks uh, planning how Liverpool, you know, in my my own fantasy football manager mind, how to get out of this 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 mess, this 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 I don't know. It's not it's not quite hell, but it's it's a purgatory. I mean, Everton are in hell, aren't they? What what <laughs> what, what, what about you, Jack? What what do you think of all this? Yeah, it's I I agree with Brian to a point as well because I've even said on my video, um, I think all of us. It, we can see it is it is a transition, but it's it's the poor planning in all respects. In all honesty, the, everyone knows the statistics. One midfielder 
in four years is frankly not good enough for the standard and a club, any club of that matter, to the level of which we're Liverpool Football Club, one of the elite levels football clubs, which has been ran very well over the last couple of years. We've all said over the last couple of weeks and on the podcasts, or oh, there's, there's something that has happened for me personally behind closed doors, in all honesty, that the fact that the sporting directors are leaving, uh, people that were very important in terms of the recruitment of these players, whether Liverpool are going in a different direction, whatever that might be in the next 12 months, we'll find out. But even to an extent as well, I'm going to die on this hill and I will continue to say it. For as good as Thiago is on the ball, off the ball transitions, last night he was absolutely abysmal, in all honesty. The, the goal in which he, he's doing step overs on the edge of the box, we've got Real Madrid in a couple of weeks' time. If you're doing against that at the Bernabeu, at Santiago Bernabeu, you, we will get absolutely battered. And I mean, we'll be getting absolutely our pants pulled down and absolutely battered. But I think for me, transitional play, not just Thiago, Henderson, we all know the frailties, but we're, we are massively playing with fire. And we tried so hard to get into the Champions League over the last couple of years. It's basically five steps back. And if Liverpool are to miss out on midfielders and like the we'll miss we'll go from the elite level for champions league football but if we missed out i think we're very much riding our luck in all honesty because it's one thing missing out on champions league football that is the creme de la creme players want to be playing in that competition no oh, yeah i mean absolutely i mean it's i th- i still think liverpool and Klopp will be a significant draw i still think there are ways that we can you know transition to and it be an even better team than the one that almost got the quadruple but i do think it would take time abdul you wanted to to come in here yeah so um i, I i've been writing down a lot of things to say because so many great points being raised by the lads um but i wanted to come in on the tiago point so what Jack was saying about Thiago, um, funnily enough, I disagree, but then I also I also agree in, in, in the fact that last night Thiago made six tackles and I think the only other Liverpool midfielder who made more than one was Fabinho and he only made two. Um, Henderson didn't make a single tackle, I think, unless I've got my stats wrong. And I think what we've seen from Thiago over the last few months and over the last like maybe half a season, uh, maybe even pushing back into last season, is he has got a lot better at the the pressing side of the game um when he has that quote about how Klopp taught him how to run i i i feel like we can't um label him as just a luxury midfielder i think he's doing more of the nitty-gritty work that we would expect like a wijnaldum to be doing than any other midfielder on our team right now even like somebody like fabinho so that's the one that's where i disagree with jack but then what i agree with jack on is I love Thiago. I, I love him. If you if you put a gun to my head, ask me who my favourite Liverpool player in the team is, like just as a footballer, it would be Thiago, hands down, every single day. And when we signed him, I was very excited. Um, but I've been saying in a few group chats recently, there's, there's something about him in the way that like, he was obviously added to this team to help us take the next step and become a bit more of a technically secure team, you know? To, be, to play a bit better football in midfield. Like Nigel was saying earlier, sometimes just a bit too sideways, backwards. Thiago was added into the team to give us a bit more penetration, play some nice stylistic football and help us evolve. Um, and he has done that to an extent, but sometimes I just feel like, you know, in the situation that we're in right now, we want players to stand up and take a grip on the game. And, you know, I would expect Thiago to be one of those players. And I don't see that right now. I don't see that he is really kind of uh, 
kind of impacting the game and saying like, okay, this game is going the wrong way. I'm Thiago. I'm one of the best midfielders in the world, period. I'm going to make a change to, to what's going on right now in this midfield situation. I don't really feel like that. I feel like he's also a passenger in this situation. And that isn't really what I want from a, a player of Thiago's quality. I want him to really be impacting the game in this situation. But yeah, sometimes he's just sloppy on the ball or like, um, yeah, he makes that step over, like Nigel was saying, we lose the ball there and ends up it being, obviously it's Alisson's mistake, but you know, he, he adds a bit of nervousness to our play when I, I want him to add more composure to our play. So I do feel like that is a signing that has been sort of lacking, but again, I can't really blame him. It's not really his fault in particular, but I just want more. I expect more from him basically in this situation. Um, I've been talking for a long time, but um, I want to land on the transition point. Number one, we are definitely in a transition uh, season. I, I think going into this season, we should have expected it more. But what we did last season was completely unprecedented. No other team has ever done that. In, in fact, like no, no team has played as many games as we played. We played every single possible game we could have played last season. Came within a three-goal swing of winning everything. Completely unprecedented. Performance levels on another level. Of course, there was going to be a come down from that. You cannot sustain that over multiple seasons. Like, so we should have expected that we were going to be in a transition, especially losing a key player like Sadio Mane. But you know what? To inject a bit of optimism into it, because this is a transition season, I'm not all doom and gloom. I'm actually, I'm very glad that we're using this season to embed a Harvey Elliott into midfield and give him the opportunity to go into midfield. I wish we'd done it with Trent. I wish we'd said this is the season to try out Trent in midfield. But um, I'm happy that we're taking the risk on Darwin Nunez and letting him, letting him go through all of his bad games right now so that we know that in the future he's going to score a lot of goals for us. He already is kind of scoring a lot of goals for us, but we know he's going to be better because of this season. I'm glad that we signed Cody Gakpo earlier. I'm glad that we're embedding Konate in and all of these things. Basically, I think if it's a transition season, we need to fully lean into it not just try and be like, oh, we need to go back to playing how we used to play. If we're trying to become a more technically secure team, uh, because we've decided like that's how you win a league, like that's how Man City consistently dominate teams, that's how they win leagues, more leagues than us, then let's fully lean into it and go for it instead of doing a half-ass like, oh, we're, we're losing games now or blah, 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 let's blame Pep and Lingers. Let's just fully go for it. That's, that's what I wanted to land on. It's really, really good answer. Um, on Tiago and him doing a step over that, you know, got us into a lot of trouble. And on all that you said about about systems and, and things like that and, and, and a transition. If you're going to play Tiago, then you need two players who can run behind him. You mentioned Fabinho and Henderson. Um, I mean, Jordan Henson, you were absolutely right. He didn't have a single tackle yesterday. And I, I'll see if I can share my screen because maybe on YouTube, people will be able to see um, the... Oh, no, I can't. Okay, hang on. Uh, maybe maybe people on YouTube will be able to see what I'm looking at here. Um, oh, oh, okay, technical problems. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. But basically, yeah, Henderson had no tackles. Fabinho had one. Uh, Henderson's uh, who scored rating is 5.98. Uh, you know, only one player was worse than him. Uh, sorry, two players were worse than him, according to um, whoscored.com. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who only played for the last few minutes, so that's a bit harsh. Uh, and, of course, Alison Becker for his uh, huge error. But, 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 
Um, I don't think it's like Naby Keita against Brentford. He he lost the ball and it led to their third goal. That's what people are saying. The fact that he lost the ball in a dangerous area led to their third goal. I totally disagree because I think he was trying to make things happen. He lost the ball, but the fact that you lose the ball 80 metres from your own goal and it ends up in your own goal means that you're not defending that 80 metres very well. You know, it's like you can't just blame him from losing the ball there. You can blame Alison Becker for the, for the goal against Wolves. Of course you can. It's a big, it's a big uh, error. Of course it is. And you don't get away with them as goalkeepers. But the point of having... Uh, a midfielder making a mistake, taking a risk and making a mistake, is that you've got defence behind you. Jack, you want to come in on this? Don't forget to unmute, Jack. It was just... Um, and Abdul's absolutely spot on in terms of the technical aspect. I think Thiago, Jesus, uh, Pep would love Thiago in his midfield. I think he's a perfect Pep Guardiola midfielder, in all honesty. Like, But I think... Since he's come in and he was brought into, I think, sorry to use that, but he, as a luxury player, to get us to that, say, the games against Real Madrid, like last year, we controlled quite large portions of that game, in all honesty. We controlled the tempo and we got hit on the counter-attack. And it's it's the case of the athleticism, even when he has been on the ball, of course, he can with one pass he can slice open a team. But I think fundamentally Liverpool are very much transitioned from what they used to be. And of course, the likes of Ginny was people certain seconds of our fan base used to slag him off. But it's like, mate, did you not watch a Liverpool game? He was so integral. He allowed Trent to go forwards. Everyone knows the business. Statistically, he wasn't one of those players, but on the pitch. And from the eye test, or Monday football fans, eye test, when you watch a game, you can actually see what he done. And for me, it's it's going to be intriguing over the next 12 months. If we are transitioning into a Pep Guardiola possession-based, more possession-based, where we're trying to control games, get balls out wide or whatnot. But it's, it's so integral that Liverpool get this right, because the midfield, like every, every great Liverpool side and every great... European side in the history of football. Fundamentally, the midfield has to be spot on. It's the heart of the midfield. You look at the Jan Molbys, the Gerrards as well. Henderson at his prime at the beating heart of Liverpool when he had legs, when he could run, get forwards, up and down the pitch. If What are we going to be waiting on? Another transition for the next 12 months when we actually do get these midfielders in? I think we're, it's going to be one hell of a set of three or two, three, four midfielders that need to come in and very much revolutionise this Liverpool team. They don't have to be some hell of a midfielders. I mean, <laughs> I've I've got a few names. Brian, you want to come up, come in? Um, yeah, no, I just kind of you know the, the contrarian aspect of me is kind of bubbling to the surface, um, and uh, I just think look, it's very easy to. To, to to follow the narrative of what what the fuck's happening with Liverpool right now and and uh, what are they doing? Where's the midfielders? Because you know we're missing midfielders. And again, I keep referring back to Klopp because he's the cleverest man in the room when it comes to talking about football in my books, right? And he he was asked this question by a journalist, and it was a it was a pretty lazy question as well. 
And he said, oh, football's moved on. You know, it's not just about, you know, you don't have the midfielders, you 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 lose possession. And yeah, to an extent, he's he's protecting his team as well. There's an element of that. But um, I do think there's certain aspects of the game that maybe it gets lost in us. I mean, I just think my own personal feeling at the moment is there was a moment for for a long time there where I just think we couldn't be beaten, period. And it didn't matter how badly we played, we would always find a way to win. And if we were playing terrible in the first half, we had the dressing room and the dressing room would happen. We would, you'd be sitting there with your mate, no matter where you were in the world, I was like, thank fuck we got to halftime because Klopp's going to have a chat with them and they're going to come out and something's going to change. And more times than not, it did. And it was, you know, the other teams expected it. The second half performance of Liverpool, you know, we've been one nil behind so long now for over a year. It's, a, it's a, an absolute pain in the bollocks for sure. But really, the big thing that's missing for me is confidence for whatever reason. And confidence is a very delicate flower, you know, it's uh, and it's got many petals, is. isn't it? Yes. It's easy to yeah. stand on it or something. It's easy to blow away like a dandelion. I don't know if he knows that. Yeah, completely. Word. I mean, yeah. anybody plays pool or they play poker, uh, you, know, you know what it's like, you know, if you're in the zone, <laughs> you're just winning. You're not even thinking about it. And for the longest time, we were that. We were like the best pool hustler, the best poker player in the world as a team. We just went out there thinking, we're going to destroy you every single time. And it didn't matter who we were playing against, because even if you were playing against the so-called best team in the world, you don't have fans like us. You don't have our atmosphere. You don't have our culture. We are literally the best thing in football right now. And we were like a, a, a juggernaut. And then we have Klopp on top of that, you know, the the absolute maestro conductor of passion and culture. That guy has just just turned us into this beautiful, beautiful thing that we can all feel proud to be attached to. And um, yeah, we've you know, it's dropped for sure, you know, but I don't want to be one of those clubs where. You know, I don't want to be too quick to jump on them. I mean, if they turn if they turn out this shit next year, then fair enough. <laughs> Let's go in heavy, <laughs> uh, for sure. No, but no. You know, I think they're allowed as as Abdul very perfectly. I think Abdul talked, and everybody's talked a lot of sense, but I think Abdul particularly talked, you know, a lot of sense when he said, Jesus Christ, what we did last year, because we didn't win those four trophies, people forget about it. If we had won those four trophies, they would have been building statues of all the team around the stadium, and we would have been utilized, utilized I can't say that word right now, we would have been making small songs with mandolins <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> uh, about but we didn't. We, met, we, we won the two lesser clubs cups or trophies uh-huh. whatever and so therefore you know it wasn't such a big thing but it really was a big thing and it took a lot out of them so i think we should just you know you know not go too heavy in on them obviously it's not great and they need to sort this fucking thing out because we don't want to slip back to becoming the tottenham of old or you know the nearly never run we want to be still firmly in the title contention every season but i think we need they, they deserve a little breeding space and and i you know we do need one or two players but i'm not i don't think it's as bad as people are making it right now interesting stuff excellent answer Abdul, i'm going to bring you in in a minute i just want to bring nigel back because we haven't heard from nigel in a while nigel you've been making comments in our sort of private chat here about attitude about a possible change in formation going forward i don't know what what are your thoughts nigel oh he's showing something i i, I don't think the viewers can see it because it's going what i can't yeah, no i saw you look this is a I, this is just basically our goalkeeper 
back four, four in midfield, two up, three up front, or three in midfield, three up so front. So you're going four, four, three. You're having an extra it's, player. It's I like it system. as a solution. Basically, it's very good. The, the system we're playing at the moment, basically. Four, three, three. And, and we have the, the fullbacks, yeah, pushing the system on. Yes, but, okay. When, I've got to explain when, it for the audio viewers. So he's yeah. got a back four with some attacking fullbacks, yes. Yeah. When we're getting pushed on, we're locking, what I said earlier on, we're pushing the, we're knocking the ball sideways and all this crack, and we're not going anywhere. These lads are pushing into these spaces here. The attacking, the the, yes, the the, the midfielders yeah. are, are moving up yeah. too far and forward. And a couple of moves to the spaces behind that then. Yes, and it leaves and we're getting, huge space in behind in the midfield, in we're front of the back four. Yeah. We're getting pressed in front of our midfield and behind our midfield in front of the back four. And it's causing us major problems because there's not... We haven't got enough players in here to fill the holes and we're getting caught in the spaces. Totally. Big time. Totally agree. I 100% agree. But that's why you need dynamic things because that's the transition in terms of the attack to defence transition where you need just people who can run fast. We need four in midfield at the moment. That's what I'm saying as well. Yeah, if we want to play that way, we need four in midfield. We okay. need to drop one striker and bring in the midfielder to try and fill that gap. We need a Wijnaldum in there. I don't yeah, care who it is. Jettich, somebody like that. Well, we've got to have a body in there. Yeah, very because good. We look like we lack legs. Interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. Uh, Abdul, what what do you make of all of this? Yeah, I mean, uh, tactically, yeah, that's a, that's a really nice idea. I'd, I'd love to talk more about the tactics and uh, get into the formations and stuff. But yeah, Nigel, I think, has got the right idea there. Um, I raised my hand because uh, what Brian was saying was, I think, really spot on. In, in all of the group chats that I've been in, like... Um, I, I don't doubt our players want it. So when I see certain journalists saying, oh, but they don't have they don't have the hunger, they don't have the desire, I feel like it's too simplistic. I don't doubt that on the training ground, the coaches are putting them, are, are working on the right issues. I don't doubt the analytics guys are saying, these are where the spaces are. You need to do this, this and that. I don't doubt that look no, that everybody at AXA is working as hard as possible on every angle to try and fix the problems that we have. So the thing that I feel like is the actual proper root cause of our issues is this kind of intangible thing. And I've tweeted about it on watch. I really feel like the aura around our midfield and the aura around our team in general is kind of gone. Um, we like teams are suddenly, they feel like they can get at us. Whereas I feel like for a lot of the last four years, players were coming into matches at Anfield, um, just kind of already slightly doubting themselves feeling like oh we're gonna get outran here oh the Liverpool team have much more passion than us and you see it like manifest itself on the pitch for example um let's let's take somebody like Lionel Messi he obviously at the age of 36 isn't what he used to be when he was 19 like when he's running at you sprinting at you but if you're an opposition defender and you've watched Messi's entire career and you, he's still coming at you, the 36-year-old version of Messi. You're still giving him a bit of respect, you know? You're still backing off slightly because you don't know what magic he's still got left in his locker. And that's the same kind of thing. I feel like teams, uh, when, it's, when a team gets a certain kind of reputation, uh, you feel like, oh, you know, oh, I don't want to really sprint my fullest at... Like, when, when, when attackers are attacking Virgil van Dijk, for example, you see them take a... In, in their brain, they're just kind of like easing off slightly because they're like, oh, it's, it's Roger van Dijk, let me chill out. The difference is this season, that aura has gone. Like teams are very much like, no, we can get at these players. We can get at these players. So yeah, I do feel like it's a confidence thing. It's an aura thing. And the thing is, when Liverpool have had these kind of like intangible issues under Klopp, for example, um, around our goalkeeping, when Karius was in goal, 
or around our centre-back situation when we were leaking goals before Van Dijk was in. What did we do to fix that issue? We went out and we made a statement signing. And we signed Virgil, and that sorted out our aura in defence. We signed Alisson, that sorted out our aura in goalkeeping. Uh, I feel like we now need another statement signing in midfield, basically. It's really, really, really interesting stuff. And on that, um, I just want to... If I can find it, because I'm not very organised here, uh, find a, a Twitter, John W. Henry. Oh, I feel sorry for him. I do. I know a lot of listeners and viewers will be like, why do you feel sorry for that asshole or whatever? You know, like, you know, first of all, relax, relax. Time will tell if this guy's got got uh, got, um, you know, he's got his fingers in the right pies uh, or, you know, something even more vulgar than that. You never know. Um, but he just tweeted per something perfectly. I don't even know what he was talking about. He tweeted, congratulations to a great newspaper serving our community. That was his tweet. Congratulations to a great newspaper serving our community. Not the echo. Yeah, no. Uh, that was on June the 11th, 2021. Not the echo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so that was in June. And people have been replying to that yesterday. And some of the replies are, you know, there are people saying ratioed as they do on Twitter. Still not quite sure what that means. I'm not young enough or hip enough. Um, but, you know, people, people, um, his replies, the replies to that are basically one after the other. Buy someone, buy someone, you know, sign a midfielder, you dick. You know, these kind of things. And it's like, yeah like we know and i know people are you know people are angry because they love liverpool they don't want liverpool to you know fall backwards and we've taken several steps backwards this season but uh, i think there's a part of this where we all have to be freaking patient right at the end of the day we've won a hell of a lot of things and almost won even more things recently as in in the last five six seven years since Klopp took over so we can think of things in a bit more zoomed out think of space you know try and have a break from screens connect to nature and the geology of the universe and the worlds and this you know the invisible spirits and uh, take your time relax don't send hate messages to john w henry because he hasn't signed anyone just let him you know let time see what it brings us because we could come back i think we could um brian you wanted to say something and i'll bring jack in yeah, no, I I think um, I'm I'm uh, the official cheerleader of the Abdul fan fan club tonight because he's talking so much sense. <laughs> I really think the absolute genesis point of of all our problems is confidence right now, and and he hit the nail on the head there. There's just some we're just missing our swagger. We're missing our swagger in midfield. Even when you know Allison starts to throw clangers like he did in the last game, then you know, damn, time to get out the sports psychologists. You know, uh, it. it, it it's a problem because we've always been, um, you know, we weren't a team of individual stars. We're we're a team of we're we're the collective of of our parts. And Andy Robinson is is a, is a great example of that. You know, he he's not the best left midfielder and uh, left back in the world, but he has become the left best left back in the world because he came into our team and he came into that whole ethos and that whole that uh, that idea. And that's what we've lost. We've lost that. We've lost that kind of spirit. We've lost that uh, Jurgen Klopp power. Teams think they can get at us. 
teams thinks they can have a have a go and we need to that's what we have to address we don't need to buy a new midfield player we don't need to yeah of course we always do need to buy a midfield we need to buy players all the time as part and course of being a professional football team but really professional sports is about managing confidence uh sorry <laughs> there's a phone call coming through no um, sorry, you. <laughs> so so uh so i think that's what we need to do we need to just find a way to just string three results together two results together and uh, to um to get that kind of belief back i kind of agree yes but i think it's i think it's performances that will bring the belief back and and i, I know it's, it's hard um i want to go through a couple of comments and and, and bring it um bring them to uh jack we had a load of comments in on youtube and it's really nice that people are watching live if you do want to follow us on youtube i'm, I'm going to do this uh more often um it's uh yeah just I don't know, Google's your friend, Google Cop on YouTube channels, subscribe, like, do whatever people do there. If you want to follow this live and uh, hit the notification so that you know, because I'm not very good at advertising these kind of things. But anyway, thanks for everyone for being here. God knows how you managed it. Well done. Our friend Pan of Scouse, uh, our Russian friend Panov is in the house and it's great. Uh, he says the midfielders need to hit the ground running. Otherwise it's going to be two or three years before we're competing again. And I totally agree with that. Um, Alan C has a nice question. Uh, he says, thanks a lot as well for, for that. We wished his daughter happy birthday. And that's an absolute pleasure, Alan. And um, Jack, I'll bring, I'll put Alan's question to you. He said, what do you guys think about Fabio Carvalho not getting any minutes at all now? Is that something that's, uh, you know, been uh, been been troubling you, Jack? Is that been have you um, been uh, quizzical about it? Fundamentally, Liverpool don't play a system that would favour him being in the starting eleven at the minute. He's priority a number ten. It's his best position. What he played thirty odd bloody games in the Championship, pulled up trees there. If Liverpool, as we've already alluded to tonight, boys, if he did change midfield, then fair enough. But uh, we're doing exactly what we've done with Coutinho the back end of his career. Well, at his time at Liverpool, forced him out wide left. I don't think Carvalho's got enough pace to play out there, especially when you compare him with the likes of Luis Diaz at all. They're both completely different players, but if you're going to be a wide man, you need at least a bit of magic to your game. Carvalho's got that ability on the ball, technical ability, but I think to put a defender on his backside or get him facing the other way quite quick, it's it's going to be difficult. Um I think we tried it, didn't we, lads? Was it the Everton game this season, away from home? We played a midfield three with him, Harvey Elliott, and was it Fabinho in the six or Hendo, whoever it was, but we played with those two pivots. And uh, I was calling for that at that type period. It was like similar like we've been doing all season. We've been quizzing like we're doing tonight, trying to come up with suggestions or whatnot. Uh, and... Yeah, it's yeah. Fundamentally, it comes down to Alan as Alan as I said, mate. We don't play a system that suits his position, which is disappointing. But I don't think Liverpool has drastically done a change formation from what's been quite successful, very successful over the last three, four years. Super answer. And uh, Wiggs is coming in. Lovely to have you with us, Wiggs. He said you can't manage age. Our players look like they're running through treacle in the middle. We're being out muscled and out outrun. We rely on three main players in the midfield. The rest are bench players that aren't up to the high standard right now. We need fresh legs and players that are ready to go. And I, I agree with that too. Uh, absolutely. It's it's obvious to us. And I think it, it's obvious to the, to the others as well. We just got to give it time, give it time. 
Nigel, you've been waiting patiently there. Um, I want to talk about something positive rather than the general, um, you know, what we could do, what's going wrong and all that stuff. Because yesterday there was a, a bit of a milestone uh, for a guy. I'm just going to see if I can share something here. Maybe I can, maybe I can. Just while you're looking for that, looking for that. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to say hello to uh, to Wiggs. Now, by the way, I know Wiggs. I met Wiggs a couple of times over in Liverpool um, from Wales. I'm Seth and Gunners. Um, great lads. Look forward to seeing them again fairly soon, I hope. So all the best, Wiggs. Yeah, great to have you with us, Wiggs. Excellent stuff. A fellow Welshman. Excellent stuff. Um, I, I don't sound Welsh. I sound, you know, as Welsh as salsa music. I'm aware of that. But, uh, you know, I am actually, uh, you know, half Welsh. Anyway, um, um, uh, Nigel, yeah, the positivity. I put him on the screen um, because it's just beautiful to look at Trent and you can see the glorious technique that comes so naturally to him. Um you know, he's about to strike a beautiful ball in the photo that I put on the screen. He's got number 66 on the back. Yesterday, he became, um, uh, sorry, it, it, 250 appearances for Liverpool. And he's got the most amount of assists in the Premier League era. The most amount of assists since John Barnes. Uh, because uh, Trent, let me just remind myself of the actual statistic, Trent, has now 62 assists, which is one more than Steve McManaman, uh, two more than Andy Robbo, um, four more than Mo Salah, um, eight more than Bobby Firmino, 17 more than Steven Gerrard managed in the same time. And that is a comparison that I find very fit, uh, fitting, is that, you know, 250 appearances for Liverpool in the Premier League Steven Gerrard had 45 assists in that time from midfield. Trent has 62 from right back. Um, that tweet is from uh, Michael underscore Reed 11 on Twitter. Give him a give him a, a follow because I found that that tweet was absolutely fascinating and brilliant. You know, Trent, Nigel, Trent, um, you know, go. What a way to clock up a, a milestone number of appearances with a milestone assist that was an incredible ball. Um, what we were saying earlier on, a little bit quicker movement of the ball and we seem to play better football. Well, that was quicker movement. We've got an absolute rocket up front. You know, we've got we've got Darwin Nunes and he just plays this ball into the spaces, lands it on Darwin's foot. Darwin's got to be making the run there as well, but it was exceptional. It really was. It was a great ball and... A beautiful finish by Darwin Nunes. Like, just read the flight of the ball, and that was not easy to finish. That the pass wasn't easy. The finish wasn't easy, and they made it look easy. <laughs> absolutely, both were absolutely sensational, weren't they? Um, uh, Abdul, um, the pass. I mean, who you could talk about Trent, or you can talk about Darwin, because Darwin had a little milestone of his own um, in the. Uh, in his first, I think, tw what is it? Oh, again, I don't have the stats. 23 games. He's 23 games. Yes, I wasn't sure if it was 23 or more. 23 games, he got 10 goals uh, compared to Luis Suarez and Sadio Mane, who got only nine in their first 23 games. Uh, so Darwin Nunes, I, I had a look at his goals per minute. So in the Premier League and... Um, oh, I'll get that stat in a moment. But basically, he's, had, he's having a very comparable season to Marcus Rashford 
Marcus Rashford is English and therefore he's on fire and is in the form of his life and Manchester United fans are comparing him to Mbappe and Manchester United fans and other fans are comparing um, Darwin to Andy Carroll. Um, there was that marvellous season where uh, Andy Carroll and Leo Messi uh, combined got 96 goals uh, but uh, I think Leo and Messi got 95 of them in one calendar year, it was. Um, anyway, uh, Abdul, uh, what do you make of Darwin or Trent? You can go talk about whoever you want. I think I'm going to talk about Darwin um, because, yeah, the, the pass from Trent was exceptional. But when you look at some of the other angles of the goals, I think the thing that impressed me the most about the goal was Darwin immediately, the moment he got behind the left back and this was close to the halfway line looked at Trent saw Trent had the ball hand was up sprinting hand was up he was like I've got the run on this guy I can get in Trent give me that ball the ball didn't come for another good two three seconds but Darwin was already fully sprinting off like a prize stallion at the Grand National and then I think a thing with Darwin is like you feel like when he has too much time to think about a finish he actually messes it up and then when he has to just make a decision split, he shows his quality instantly. So um, that's that's been one of my criticisms of him like so far. But I think the thing which was really good about this goal was the fact that he had to think about it for a very long time because he knew that ball from Trent was coming, but he still managed to get the perfect finish on it, still managed to time his run perfectly. And then the celebration uh, when he was running off, pointing at his head, saying, oh, yeah, that's, 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 uh, you just know behind the scenes, him, Klopp, Linders, they've been having conversations over and over where they've been telling him, it's all in the head, man, it's all in the head, just need to calm down in that, in that key moment. So that goal was really special to me because I think it was evidence of weeks, probably, of work on a training ground, lots of conversations, all paying off with a truly world-class goal on his weaker foot. And then, you know, just just love seeing the enthusiasm from the boy as well. You know, he's obviously having like not the easiest time and saying that he scored 10 goals already. He's already scored 10 goals. If he didn't cost the price tag that he cost, everybody would be saying this is a fantabulous signing. You know, that's not a real word. But, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, I, I'm just the biggest Darwin fan. And long may it continue. What, what a lad. What a lad. What a lad. Absolutely. Um, I found that stat. Um, so Nunes, it, just the Premier League and the Champions League, has uh, nine goals and three assists in roughly 1,100 minutes. Rashford has 10 goals and four assists. So one more goal and one more assist in the Premier League and Europa League combined, not even the Champions League. Um, and he's played about 500 minutes more so about 50 percent more minutes and he's got one more goal and one more assist um jack that's skewing everything like media narrative things like that you know well think with media i worked on a french tv channel once i know that it's just people who give their opinion and it doesn't matter if it's emmanuel petit who's won a world cup or gabri gabby agbon lahore who, you know, has maybe, you know, the only thing he's won is like a teacup in, in a raffle or something. I don't know. Jack, it's 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 just people have their opinions and whether they have something to back it up or not, that's the thing. What do you reckon, Jack? Yeah, I've been at war today anyway with all the buzzies are and who, Nunes haters, Christ. 
um, all the Everton fans, the United fans. Uh, and to Abdul's points, as he described, it was excellent technique for me, mate. As Abdul said, he kept an eye on it. He's had time and he needs it. And people like, today was having an argument, you were going, it is his shin. I'm like, mate, did you not watch football 20 years ago when Sheeda was putting goals in on his backside? Like, they all count. It still classes a technique. It's it's like all the legendary like strikers in world football that happily take that. He could have easily have skied that into Goodison Park or across Stanley Park anyway. But like, and we've seen that already. But we, we, but we carry on. We, as, as the lads have said, we get behind this lads and there's no better fan base to get behind any player for that matter. Uh, it's when the penny does officially drop for them. And the fact, as we've already alluded to, the way we've been playing this season, my Lord, imagine a fully firing Darwin Nunes when Liverpool are fully firing. Like, that is that goal last night was a thing, a beauty, and a thing, a, a short sign of things to come, hopefully, potentially. Um, I think that was the first assist to Trenton Nunes, from Trenton Nunes since he did tweet a couple of months ago. Um, how may I assist you? So, yeah. Um, Hopefully that hopefully that has changed a lot of things. So apologies about that. Plus again, ringed rank probably by me. I haven't made winding them up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so, so sorry everyone. Um, but yeah, I love I love the lads. I think we all do, and I, I can't wait to see more of them. He's an absolute. He's our nutter. In all honesty, we love him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. He's our nutter, and we do love him. We love him a lot. Um, moving forward. Uh, as they say, meaning in the future, in the near future, Brian, um, you know, the far future might be might be absolutely rosy. In fact, I'm inclined to believe it will be because, you know, with Darwin, with, you know, Trent getting older, with, you know, all the, we've got loads of young talent who are just, you know, bursting. Uh, at the seams to you know explode uh, like a, like to supernova all over um, English and European football. But in the short term, Brian, we have Brighton away uh, on January the fourteenth. Then we've got the third round replay Tuesday uh, Tuesday night after that, and then the week after on on January the twenty first, we've got Chelsea at home, and then we've got Wolves again. On February the 4th, um, they're the next four games. Brighton away, Wolves away, Chelsea at home and Wolves away. Um, do we drastically need to change things? Are you optimism? Is the, is the Guinness optimism still bubbling in, in your blood? It is. Uh, well, you know, I don't think anything's changed because the ideal situation and the Wolves games, we would have won it and we didn't. And we still would have to play um, Brighton you know, shortly afterwards. And Brightly, Brighton are a fantastic team right now. Really, really good team. So it, it very much in the similar ilk to Wolves, actually. It's a team that doesn't really, you know, inspire global confidence. You know, you hear Brighton or you hear Wolves. To, to team, to fan, football fans outside of the UK, I think, who are these guys? But anybody who watches the game, you know, domestically will know that they're probably some some of the best footballing teams in the land outside of the top six. So, you know, particularly Brighton, we just have to have, we just have to be about it. So I think that the kind of, they're the kind of games. I mean, I hope that we don't put a full team out. I don't care about the FA Cup. I know lots of purists don't like to hear that. I don't care because we won it, you know, recently. And so it's in the, it's in the stamp collection. We can put it to one side. All that really care. All I really care about is champions league and winning 
the league, <laughs> you know. And uh, once we have that, once we're competing for those two things, not that we're winning them, but we're competing for them, then we can compete for the other things as well. But when we're not competing for the other, for those two big things, I think it's a fool's gold if you start focusing in on these kind of lesser cups because it it distracts you from the bigger goal, which is basically being at the top. The only way you you can win the lesser things is if you shoot with the biggest team there is. Um, so I think yeah, I think listen, one game at a time. We're there thereabouts. I, it, it would take a miracle for us to win the league right now. I'm, 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 I didn't think we we're going to win the league this season. I don't think we're going to win it now. I mean, we have to basically get into the Champions League, which is essentially our European or our cup run right now. And uh, let's see what happens in um, in uh, in Europe, right? Um, but I, I, I go back to the point I made earlier. I really think it's lazy. It's very lazy to jump on these boys. Because yeah. they've done so much for us. And I know it's an easy, you know, one size fits all answer to say, oh, you know, just get behind the boys, get behind the team and, you know, all that. But in this world, I think that's the that's the brave move because everybody wants to jump on people straight away when things don't go right. And, uh, and we're not about that. That's not our club. That's not that's not our identity. That's not who we are. They, they deserve uh, patience. And, uh, and we should send them a clear message that, you know, they're going to get it for as long as they need it, you know. And and yeah, it's a bit shit at the moment. But fucking hell, Klopp, it doesn't get much better than him. You know, and if any manager deserves patience and and listen, send the fan base sending him a clear message on social media as well as in the, at the in the grounds is this guy. You know, he's like he's he's the perfect manager. I could not make I couldn't make a machine up and type in codes into the machine and say make me this guy. I wouldn't be able to make him because he's too perfect. <laughs> have so... you seen? Sorry to interrupt you. Then have you seen Chat GPT? It's I a have, new yeah. AI models. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, they wrote two uh, books. Check it out. You can making ask, money already. <laughs> you can you can ask Chat GPT to basically create you Jurgen Klopp, and it will three. did already, and it's it not good. And it's make not it... as good as him. He is the exactly. Marcus Aurelius <laughs> of football of the football world. He is absolute perfection. He's my he's my father. He's the, the philosopher king. He's everything I want to be in every life in the future. Absolutely. Well, I mean, if anybody listening to this, um, you know, is in any way doubt, doubting or doubtful of Jurgen Klopp, then go to the pub where Brian drinks, have yourself a Guinness or don't. If you don't drink like me, sit at home, have a word with yourself and, you know, like I give your head a wobble, as they say, because uh, Jürgen is definitely the man. He's got plenty of credit in the bank. Uh, Jack, you want to come in on this and then I'll bring Abdul into the conversation. But what, what do you want to say, Jack? Don't forget to <laughs> unmute yourself. I've done it again. There we go. <laughs> great. I'm having a great show tonight. Sorry, everyone. Uh, but I, Brian's absolutely spot on. And that goes to the point in which I think we've done a podcast in the past, though, when I'm with... The social media age we live in and um, the differential difference massively um from obviously everyone going the pub or watching it at home with your mates or your family and all that yes i think we're all up for the debates as well but i think it modern day social media age as well even it's, it's the way the world is in all honesty when the, the the big attraction the more outlandish and more negative thing you can say 
the more publicity you get in the modern era um in all honesty um as i said and jürgen klopp has got so many more months and years left in the bank and, and of course obviously jürgen has and probably will make mistakes in the future but as the lads have already alluded to he's i think a lot of fans of a small section of fans have very much forgot how poor we were <laughs> for a very long time prior to Jürgen Klopp coming in. Um, let's go and watch the Roy Adjanson days, the the years of abyss in Premier Leagues where we've just absolutely wasted the best talented players that we've had at the football club for many of years before then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Hodgie. I, I, I still I still have nightmares about it. But anyway, let's get back to the present. Um, Abdul, we got the on the screen there. We got our next uh, fixtures. I mean, are you playing Naby Keita from the start? Because I am one hundred percent. Now we're talking, Owen. We're starts, the, the real topic of conversation has come out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, that is one of my gripes with the team at the moment. You know, we're struggling in midfield, and obviously, you know. Cater had an injury in the summer and then he wasn't able to play up until about now. And that's really frustrating. But since he's been back, I think anybody with eyes will agree that every time he's come on, uh, he's injected a bit of quality into our play. And I think that is kind of an undeniable thing. Whether you want to hate on him for his availability, fair enough. But he definitely has quality. And <clears throat> it was really telling that last night when we conceded the second goal, we, it was 2-2. Klopp immediately brought on Cater. Um, so I think, and Klopp has also dropped a, ra a few random references to Cater in the last few press conferences when he didn't need to, wasn't prompted. He just said, yeah, Naby had a good good cameo. Naby did well here, blah, blah, blah. So I feel like we are finally in, Cater is going to come into the team territory. I'm holding my breath because he could get an injury in midweek and then that's probably not going to be true. But I really hope he comes into the team for Brighton. I think we need our best football players in the team against Brighton, um, our most intelligent players, our highest quality players. And I think Naby ticks those boxes. So, yeah, I very much hope he starts against Brighton. That's all I've got to say about that. No, it's great. I, 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 I Yeah, there's no reason not to put me. I mean, for example, for, for the captain, Jordan Henderson, he played 67 minutes against Wolves, zero tackles zero interceptions and uh zero clearances Naby Keita played uh 23 those last 23 minutes he had one tackle and one interception and generally if you watch this game he was he was linking it quite well he was taking up good positions he was asking for the ball he wasn't scared to uh you know to play um so Nigel I, who would you pick in midfield because that's the big problem you're going to change the system you're going to pick four midfielders are you yeah I am and I'd be saying to them saying to all the players the whole team we can't go out here and take any more than three touches on a ball sometimes we get a ball and we have the ball at our feet and it's one touch have a look two touches another look three touches look the other way four touches look the other way we're strolling along the ball needs to go quickly little one two touch passing and we'll open any team up but if we if we could if we continue to let teams press us like that we keep taking one two three four five six touches on the ball and getting it out under our feet and looking around us we're going to get swamped we're going to get pushed on now the, the four three three might still work if we if the lads kind of move on move the ball on a bit quicker but it's like what the lads said earlier on it's all about confidence and attitude at the moment and it just isn't what it was unfortunately the 433 would still probably work 
if we did move it a little a little quicker that's the big change i want to make i might change the system at the moment just give us a little bit more solidity in the middle so who would you pick then who who would that be would that be by uh, at the base you know does fabinho keep his place does henderson fabinho keeps his place along with tiago um nabby to start i'm not so sure well remember the, the, the day we beat united five nil at their place nabby started on the right so i wouldn't mind seeing nabby start on the right but you've got to have somebody who's going to be able to cover between trent and mo i really don't think i can play harvey elliott in that position between the two i think harvey elliott will do fine once he settles into a proper number 10 position but that could take a couple of years i yeah. I, I reckon we're really really missing bobby in that position yeah um, totally Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, at the moment we haven't got him, so I just trying to play the two strikers and maybe the third, the fourth guy from midfield trying to join up. So probably Fabinho and Thiago in the middle, maybe Keita on the right and the left. God, it's it's a hard decision at the moment with all the injuries. It's just like oh, unless you play, oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think if you play Fabinho and then Thiago, move Thiago, trying to move Thiago a little wide or something like that, and play by Chetich and play kind of two older midfield players or push by Chetich wide, but it's not his best position. It, it, it's, it's it's tough. It's tough with the injuries. It's tough with the injuries, and, and, I, would, and I wouldn't uh, mind. I wouldn't mind playing James Milner if he was fit on the right hand side. I know people will give out about that, but you know what you're getting with James Milner. He'll give you everything he has, and it'll be solid. Might give away a free kick or break a leg or something like that, but <laughs> I have no issue with that. You well, it's not. It's not your leg. leg. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> Brian, what would you do? Have you got any solutions? Um. My solution, which will which will basically transform our team and just just solve all our problems, is to play that little Scottish fella, whatever his name is. I forget oh, his name. Man, Ben Doak. We haven't spoken about him. Him. Oh, Put man. him in the team. Every a single game. Yeah. I've Let's go to four two two. Put him on the right and just let him become the new guy you know because <laughs> he has the new guy written all over him it's like we're all we're all look every time he gets the ball it's like he just flies down the wing he's amazing absolutely wonderful yeah there you go we gotta wrap things up uh fairly soon but uh you know i i you know just to talk about ben dope and he came in as, as a reserve player didn't he 15 years old in the summer just turned 17 so he was 16 sorry he broke into the celtics team when he was 15 joined us when he was 16 only just turned 17 and he was bought as a reserve player he played his first game for the under 18s at the beginning of this season quickly you know fast tracked into the under 23s and from there quickly fast tracked to the first team bench i mean okay we've got injuries we've got big injuries with diaz and jota etc but my word he's got something absolutely he? magical he's the he's new andy robo he's the new andy robo he's but he's got a right my uh, my second wedding my w- wedding number two uh, <laughs> family number two he's going to be my best man <laughs> he i've heard that he is working on a peace deal for the the conflict out in ukraine <laughs> well, that yeah. guy is everything we've all been waiting for and more yes absolutely he's so handsome as well he's so handsome he's so I quick mean, so fast yeah what i mean he, he's not my type nigel you wanted to come in he's my type let's just put i know he doesn't have the beard but he's definitely <laughs> I, I i saw him i saw him playing for celtic against rangers when he came on when he was i say he was about 15 at the end and trust me he can cause plenty of conflict on his own he came on as a sub and nearly got sent off 
Listen, about types, can we just say, can we, look, the elephant in the room is this, and we all need to address it, okay? I, I, it's, we've been, you know, uh, Alison, he dropped the clanger last time, and uh, can I just draw attention to the fact that he doesn't have a beard, and he doesn't have his beautiful hair, and he doesn't look like a, an extra for uh, a Roman uh, drama period movie. He's now, he looks like a different man. You know, he's like, uh, he's like, I don't know what he's like, but he's not our Allison. So we, I think we should send him a message. I know, Owen, you've got some connections in the club. Maybe you can drop him on Twitter or an email or something and just say, grow the beard back, please. Well, no, he had a beard yesterday, but maybe it was, it was too, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't I'm bushy enough. Like I'm going to, yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell him that Brian said it's not, it's not bushy enough. It's not, and it's you've not got to, you've bushy got to enough, grow your no, it needs out. to be more. Fair enough, fair enough. Jack, is there anything that we we haven't covered that you would like to cover be it haircuts or you know young scottish wing wizards or something well is there anything you would like to to talk about for, as we wrap this um, up yeah i'm not commenting on haircuts with the state of my haircut at the minute <laughs> um <laughs> and my airline as well uh no it's i'm trying to try and pick a positive really and ben ben Doak. i was speaking to obviously um egyptian king in the comments last night and obviously he was speaking about he watched him quite heavily um for Celtic and it's remarkable been coming in at like 15, 16 years old anyway. And and you've got to look to the positive games. We spoke about the transition in midfield, but post Mohamed Salah in the next couple of years, he's he's obviously big food boots to fill, but I'm just made up that Liverpool are in a position that we've built up over the last couple of years, really, that we're bringing in the top talents. Um Bendo. Obviously, Harvey Elliott, I'm very intrigued to see his developments. I know he's he's took quite a lot of the slack, in all honesty, in, in terms of social media presence. And it's quite harsh on a bloody 19-year-old kid. And I know there's pressures for Liverpool, but I'm just hoping he just keeps his head up high. I know he will. And he's uh, it's like every single one of us. He, he bleeds red. He wants to do everything for the football club. And, yeah, very... To end on a positive, uh, hopefully the... the we do see the best, and even Calvin Ramsey, we, who's kind of very much disappeared. Um, I think he's got injured again. He got um, I just, yeah, he played earlier today, uh, actually. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, did he get sent off? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he just wanted a week off. We'll let him anyway, so happy <laughs> days. But, yeah, but, uh, massive thank you, Bowen, for having me on. It was great to speak to the lads again. And, uh, as I said, yeah. We'll go in. We've got Jürgen Klopp. We'll be sound. Wonderful to have you with us and wonderful to end on a, end on a positive note. Um, uh, just to go through a couple of comments. Gary Richards is in the chat. Tally-ho, Gary. He's going to go for a 4-4-2 against Brighton with Alison Becker, Trent Konate, Nat Phillips. Maybe he does deserve a chance. That's an interesting call. Andy Robbo at the back in midfield. He's going... Tiago Bajetic, Fabinho. And then up front, we haven't even talked about him. Cody Gakpo, uh, Darwin, and Salah. Um, very interesting. Abdul, what would you uh, what would you uh, like to end on? Would you want to talk about Gakpo or something uh, something positive or no, something uh, negative? Do I think uh, just uh, for everybody who does listen to this podcast and is also on social media, I would just say um, the point that Brian's been making throughout the podcast about how this team does have credit in the bank, you know. Um, I think everybody does need to chill a bit. Um, it's is, it is difficult, you know. We we all watch this team do incredible things, and now we're just, you know, on a bit of a lull. 
And yeah, it's easy to to jump on your phone and start sending abuse to players and start being, you know, as extreme as possible. But just like Jurgen said before the Brentford match, um, I think we do need to keep a bit of perspective about us. Um, I think this club is still very much on the right path in terms of the young players that we've got coming through, Ben Dokes, Harvey Elliott, Carvalho, who we signed this summer. He hasn't maybe got as many matches as he should have, but Darwin Nunez, you know, there is definitely a succession plan, whether or not we're in a transition period at the moment, but we are definitely going in the right places. We haven't even talked about ownership or anything like that. We're about to have a really rich owner take over us uh, at some point over the next 12 to 24 months. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of positives. Uh, everybody chill out a bit. Use this season maybe to take up a new hobby, get a bit of perspective in life, go on a couple of walks and, um, yeah, chill a bit on social media and, uh, yeah, just, just be a bit happier. Yeah, I guess. Happiness. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, uh, social media, yeah, I totally agree with that sentiment. There's too much, there's too much, you know, bile. If you don't like it, something, then fine, express it. But, you know, alternatively, don't engage with it. Scroll past it, switch off your phone, go out for a walk, go outside. You know, you're on a planet, you've got a limited amount of time on it life's a bit too short to carry all these grudges around and uh there you go um that's my my things you know stay stay like a proton and be positive nigel do you have anything any final words for us no i agree with what you said there totally um just yeah um listen don't listen to the keyboard warriors these guys are looking for clicks you know listen to cop on listen to us um we won't steer you wrong um like, well, brian will right the last cause though <laughs> yeah no just 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 enjoy being a liverpool fan again um hopefully it'll sort itself out and uh we'll be fine again just needs a couple of little tweaks i think maybe we lost yeah. shout at the screen we lost shout at the screen like jack's dad when 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 things are not going well but sure <laughs> Thought the police we'll, were coming. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be we'll be fine, no problem. Excellent stuff. And Brian, I will let you uh, have the last word here. Um, you know, I was I was only joking. You you you've said many sage things uh, tonight, and uh, for you know, as long as you've been doing cop on, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Brian. Is there anything you would like to add to to end this episode? Yeah, I'd like to say uh, fuck off, own initially. That's <laughs> my first point. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I listen. You know what? I'm a fan of the show, and that's like I, 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 I. The reason why I'm a fan of the show is because all the people you speak to are just people worth listening to because they're just real fans from all around the world. And you know what, man? We're just so blessed to be so uh, we have such a great football club to be connected to, and and sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't go well, sometimes it goes amazingly. But there's no football team, I think, no football fan have had as many magic moments the way we've had them in the past 20 years like city might be winning some trophies and stuff but they're like empty trophies many times you know it, it's just a magical as a in, in life it's such it gives me such joy to be a liverpool fan and so we just accept what happens enjoy the moment enjoy the game it doesn't work we just dust ourselves down and we go again so beautifully said beautifully said and on that note i think we should leave it here thank you everyone should check out anfield road tv and um abdul's wonderful channel watch 
underscore LFC on Twitter. Um, wonderful to have you all with us. Thank you to everybody uh, in the comments as well. It's lovely to have all your comments there. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, RIP to Gianluca Viali. Last time we did RIP to Pele, but Gianluca Viali, I mean, he seemed like such a great guy and it was a wonderful player. And his positivity and his uh, his character will be definitely missed. So R.I.P. to him and uh, thoughts to his his loved ones and uh, everyone else who we've lost uh, this week. Um, Liverpool will be back. Uh, we have faith. You'll never walk alone, everybody. Uh, speak to you soon. Thank you. <laughs>